The Sicha in Volume 21, Yisroi 3. Respecting God is to respect those created in God's image. Upon the closing of our Parsha, we're commanded, And you shall not ascend with steps upon my altar, so that your nakedness shall not be exposed upon it. We have two teachings. Number one, Mechilta, the Medrash. And these matters are Kalvachoyme, which is a fortiori conclusion that if concerning these stones, which have no intelligence, not to the bad and not to the good, the Holy One, blessed be He, said not to behave toward them in a humiliating manner. In contrast, your friend who is created in the likeness of He who spoke and the world came into being, meaning God, it is a law by this Kalvachoyme fortiori that you not behave toward them in a humiliating manner. Then we have the teaching of Rashi. Now these matters are a conclusion that if concerning these stones, which have no intelligence to object to their humiliation, the Torah said that because they are necessary, you shall not behave toward them in a humiliating manner. In contrast, your friend who is created in the likeness of your creator and who does object it to being humiliated, how much more must you be careful not to embarrass him? Now, there's differences in the specifications. So Rashi's specification of have the stones have no intelligence to object to their humiliation. And then he explains, but your friend who does object to being humiliated is because it strengthens the Kalvachoyme for the Cheder student. However, in order to understand Rashi's discrepancy with the Mechilta in adding, quote, Torah said that because they are necessary... We will need to understand the difference of how the Mechilta and Rashi explain the verse itself. Now, the Mechilta, in a previous comment, the Mechilta defines the verse to be speaking of an anomaly concerning the stones of the altar. As he writes, he quotes the, ver- the words of the verse, exposed upon it, upon it. It, you may not take wide steps. However, you may take wide steps in the Heichal and in the Holy of Holies. Now, for seemingly, by Kalvachoyme, if on the altar which is lenient in the standards of holiness, it is forbidden to take steps upon it, the Heichal and the Holy of Holies that are stringent in standards of holiness should have the law that it is forbidden to take wide steps upon them. For they are stringent comes the verse to teach us so that your nakedness shall not be upon, exposed upon it. Upon it, you may not take a wide step. However, you may take a wide step within the Heichal and the Holy of Holies. That's the Mechilta's first comment. Now, with this, the Mechilta is establishing that the honor we are speaking of is not one of honoring God who dwells within the Holy Temple, of which the altar is part. For if so, the prohibition should apply to all of the Holy Temple and with a Kalvachayman nonetheless. Hence, the honor of these stones are not just about the Holy Temple, but primarily, primarily about the stones themselves. Therefore, the next Kavachayim of the Mechilta is about the honor of your fellow man, which is extrapolated by a Kavachayim from the stones themselves. 
Now, Rashi, in contrast, Rashi begins his comment with, because due to the steps, you must widen your stride, although it would not be an actual exposure of nakedness, for it is written and make them linen pants, so they were wearing pants under the robes. Nevertheless, widening the stride is close to exposing the nakedness, and you behave toward them, the stones, in a humiliating manner. Now, being that Rashi does not make the distinction of these stones, hence Rashi has to explain within his Kalvachoyme itself the distinction, because they are necessary. Therefore, your nakedness shall not be exposed upon it. But yes, on the steps of the Heichel, being that those steps are not because they are necessary. The explanation behind all this is, we are not speaking of an outright humiliation, which A, is forbidden throughout the entire Holy Temple, and is clearly forbidden upon a Jew without any Kalvachayma. And C, some opinions clearly state it is not applicable if the victim does not feel it, sleeping or deceased. So therefore, what are we talking about here? We're talking about a humiliating manner meaning that there is but an opening to interpretation of humiliation. Although, let's quote the words of Rashi, although it would not be an actual exposure of nakedness because they were wearing pants, it is close to exposing the nakedness. Thus, we have the Chalvachimah to teach us, A, it is forbidden to even behave in a humiliating manner, and B, even if the person doesn't feel it. Now, upon this, the Mechilta and Rashi differ in upon what the prohibition is. The Mechilta sees the prohibition upon the action of the person. One may not behave even in a humiliating manner. Rashi, who doesn't have the first Kalvachimah, can't agree, because then this should apply to all of the Holy Temple. Since the prohibition being because they are necessary. Hence, a humiliating manner upon the stones is a humiliating manner upon the people who need them. And that's Rashi's specification because they are necessary. Now, parenthetically speaking, this is almost like the law. One who spits on the garment of another. If it is while the victim is wearing them, the perpetrator is punishable for humiliation because he is embarrassing the person wearing them. Not so if the victim is not wearing the garments at the time. So too, almost like this, it's with the stones. Being that the Kohanim need these stones to get up to the altar and do their service, therefore, humiliating the stones is humiliating the Kohen that needs them. Hence, you can't behave even to the stones in a humiliating manner. Now, therefore, this law does not apply to the stairs before the Ulam which is in front of the Heichal, because A, there are no need for these stairs, the Kohen could ascend without these stairs, and B, these stairs do not lead to the place of service, but to the antechamber in front of the Heichal, and hence not needed in the service of the Kohanim. Unlike the ram to the altar, which is part and parcel of the altar itself, as this very verse states, and you shall not ascend with steps upon my altar, and then it goes on, shall not be exposed upon it, meaning the altar, meaning that the ramp is part and parcel of the altar, which is where we serve, the Kohen serves God. And from this we extrapolate concerning even behaving in a humiliating manner to a fellow man that the fellow is who is created in the likeness of your creator. Hence, the humiliating a friend is to humiliate your creator. 
Hence the two points made by Rashi in his Kalvachayma. He points out that these stones which have no intelligence to object to their humiliation and therefore in its own right is not in the realm of being humiliated. Then when it comes to the, the other side of the Kalvachayma, he says, in contrast, your friend who, A, is creating the likeness of your creator and therefore to humiliate him is to humiliate God, and B, and who does object to being humiliated, and therefore even in his own right, even without being in the likeness of your creator, is within the realm of being humiliated, how much more so it is forbidden to behave towards him, even in a humiliating manner. Now, the wine of Torah, the deeper mystical teaching within this Rashi, this is the last Rashi on this Parsha, and our sages teach us in the Talmud, everything follows the conclusion. Therefore, Rashi is here alluding to the primary content of the Parsha, which is the Ten Commandments. How so? In two ways. Number one, just as the Ten Commandments are not made up of only the earlier superior lofty concepts of the unity of God. I am God, your God, and you shall have no other gods, but also of the latter simple concepts of decency. You shall not murder, not commit adultery, not covet all of the belongings to your fellow. So too, Rashi concludes his commentary of the Parsha with the simple matters of decency, not to humiliate nor to even behave in a humiliating manner to your fellow. Secondly, just as the latter commandments of the simple decency is not separate from the prior superior lofty concepts of the I am God, your God, teaching us that ultimately matters between a person and his fellow, the decency, are matters between one and God and must be fulfilled for they are the will of God, not just because they are decency. So too, Rashi tells us that the importance of how a person acts with his fellow is a matter of in the likeness of your creator. And hence, this is not just a matter of a commandment, nor even just a matter of the will of God, but even more than this, the honor of your fellow is the honor of God. Now, if this is so concerning a negative behavior of humiliating a fellow, then our sages teach us stronger is the attribute of good than the attribute for bad. Therefore, how much more so to love a fellow Jew limitlessly, bringing to honoring your fellow with the utmost carefulness internally is to love God and to honor God. Which then leads to, as King Solomon says, as in water, face answers to face. So is the heart, meaning that God's eternal love for Israel is revealed. And the honor of Israel, even in the eyes of all nations, is raised up to the point of the ultimate honor of Israel. With the revelation of the final and true redemption through our righteous Mashiach, tangibly, speedily in our days.